0: Fast Free Foodie. Um, She helps to promote healthy eating and to talk about more simple recipes and encourage people to cook. First, could you tell me how you got your start as the Fast Free Foodie?
1: Um, Yeah, it was when both of my boys um, were in school. So my youngest went to school and I hadn't gone back to work. I used to work in a cookery school before I had the boys and when I had the children I kind of just put that on hold and looked after them at home until they went to school. But I kind of knew when they went to school that I want to do something, had no idea what that would be. And when I had more time on my hands, I noticed I was kind of shopping around more local shops, the butchers, the bed shops. I was kind of researching more new recipes online. And I just thought, you know what, not everybody has time to do that. And what I'd quite like to do is to share what I'm finding with other people, maybe in the hope that it would inspire them to maybe cook more or kind of make it a bit easier for them. So I started a community on Facebook And then just started sharing what I was doing, writing a blog and putting that out there.
0: So what was the response like first off when you started up?
1: Yeah, it was good. I mean, I think I've always been that person that people would come to and talk to about food. Because, you know, when I look back over my life, food has always been a very big part of it. I've always liked to eat and I actually always liked to cook. Um, So I've always been that person that would share stuff on Facebook anyway, kind of what I was cooking and recipes. But this was just like more of a formal kind of arena. And also writing the blog gave me a really kind of defined purpose and almost like um, a goal in a sense that twice a week i was going to write a blog and i was going to put it out there it kind of just kept me um on that track but i had no other agenda i just wanted to share what i was doing um and it was funny because i'd you kind know, of do it three six months and people are like oh you know are you getting paid um you know wh- what what do you get out of it i'm like well i'm just sharing what i love this is just my passion yeah. so and that was That was really an interesting time because at that point I was just saying to people, I'm just, I don't know where it's going, I don't know, there's no other reason other than I'm just sharing what I love. And for the first six, nine months, that's what I focused on. I was just like, just, you know, there was no ulterior motive other than I was getting to do what I loved, we were eating some pretty cool food, and I was sharing that with everybody else.
0: So what happened after those first nine months?
1: Um, Well, I kind of, you know, went to a few local networking groups with local, um, kind of local mums, um, met some really cool people, just kind of felt part of the community, the kind of, you know, the freelance community, as it were. And, um, you know, I'd kind of meet up for coffees and stuff with people. We'd start to plan stuff. I met with one mum. She was um, wanted to talk to me about doing Christmas workshops. So we had a coffee, sat down and just kind of, you know, sketched out what that could look like. That workshop never actually happened. um, But a week after we sat and had that coffee, she got an email through from... um, I think it's Hungry Gap, and they were looking for people to go on the Harry Bikers Christmas show, um, making little kind of Christmas gifts, edible Christmas gifts that, you know, people that are watching at home could have a go at. So we kind of went through that little process where um, she had a barn up in Burrington. We went over and showed the guys that, and we're like, this is never going to come to anything, <laughs> but, you know, we'll just go along with it anyway. And then um, we kind of put forward our recipes. And the whole time I was preparing myself for this. This probably isn't, this is just too cool. It's too, you know, is going to happen. So we just went through every stage. It's like we set up the date for filming, did the filming. I'm probably going to end up on the cutting room floor. Do you know what I mean? So, I thought, yeah, my bits will get cut. You know, we've done four. They're probably just going to take a couple of They did five different people. There's no way they're going to show all mine. And then, you know, lo and behold, December came and... Um, all, all four pieces went out, kind of oh, so cool. laced in between. Kind of the Harry bikers doing their kind of Christmas special with various guests, so great experience. And I think from that, you know, other things span off, like I, you know, people kind of like, Oh, yeah, Lisa, she can help you out doing this, and got to do some other stuff too. So it was, yeah, it was, it was just really cool, and it was a fun thing to do. <laughs> People are very enthusiastic about what I do which is great and um, I do a cookery club at a local school Um, so I teach 10 kids um, five weeks in a term and we kind of do things like you know making pasta making pizzas and you know various bits and pieces um, sweet and savory and we kind of you know talk about food waste and we talk about how can we reduce our plastic in the kitchen and we talk about seasonality and we kind of you know it's not just about what we're making it's about talking about food as a, as a kind of, as a, as a greater thing, you know, Mm. in the world, how we can be sustainable, all those great things. So I do that at one school and, you know, I've got some offers to do, you know, can you come and do it at our school? And it's, it's great. And I'd love to do that. However, I want to be able to be able to do lots of different things to do that club, at that school is great. I wouldn't want to then do that five days a week in every, in lots of different schools.
0: Food tech teacher. It's not no. quite the thing you're going for. Yeah. No. So if someone had heard of you as the fast free foodie, um, and then they came over to your house and they said, "Can you cook me some dinner?" Okay. What would you go for? What's something that's like a perfect example of the kind of thing?
1: Okay. That I would you cook. do, yeah. Well, I don't have a signature dish as such. <laughs> um, I'd say my default cooking is, is definitely Italian yeah um pasta funnily enough um but that's because um I'm, my dad's Italian, and my grandparents came over from Italy in the fifties, so when I was growing up, um a lot of the food I was eating um over at my grandparents' house was you know pasta based. I joke that I was weaned on pasta. Yeah. Um, I ate a lot of pasta and you know really enjoyed it, and random stuff, not just the pasta that you and I would know now, but you know kind of quite soupy of pastas with chickpeas in and you know yeah. kind of yeah um so i suppose if i just had to kind of cook on the hoof it would i would naturally think right well, i can throw together a pasta sauce yeah pretty easily like the other night i did um like a kind of aria style kind of lots of chili tomatoes and that kind of and put in some aubergine and fried it down and that was really nice if it was a special dinner i'd probably go and consult one of my few cookbooks over there and see what um you know, what inspiration I get. But my favourite kind of cooking is just looking in the fridge and seeing what's there. Yeah. Um, in the last um probably the last eighteen months I've had a real conscious kind of effort towards, you know, not just buying food for the sake of it, but just looking at what's in there and, you know, what can I cook from what I've got, a personal challenge yeah. to look like the fridge is empty and then actually create a meal out of it. I quite like I quite like that, you know. I've come up with some quite nice dishes that i've posted on instagram that you know have literally been you know a sweet potato an end of kind of um blue cheese some <laughs> leftover salad bits and um you know come up with this really lovely salad with some puy lentils on I like puy lentils it seems um make a nice dressing roast up the sweet potatoes put the blue cheese on the top to make it melt in and sit that on top of the salad and it was like you know really delicious yeah so I like to do that sort of that's kind of
0: and I suppose that's what people want as well people don't want you know the, the stereotype is that you read through a recipe and yeah you're like well, there's like 10 things on here that I don't even know where to buy exactly
1: and it takes all day to basically do that meal because you need to go around three different shops and you need to get all these random ingredients and that's why I'm the fuss-free foodie because I like those recipes that you're talking about but what I would then try and do is almost pare it back and make my own version of that kind of extended recipe yeah. and try and make it kind of more fuss-free. And I do that quite often. I'll try and fuss free something to make mm-hmm. it more simple. And that's what I'll share with my community is that this is a great recipe, but actually this is how you can do it in a more kind of fuss-free way. Yeah. But no, going in the fridge and just kind of freestyling, I really like to do that. That's That feels like a good challenge yeah. of the scales. Sure. So I enjoy that. But you need a good store cupboard for that as well.
0: see things um becoming a little bit more simple because street food is mm. such a popular thing yeah and that tends to be you know some huge frying pan of one recipe and you yeah. just have a you know a serving of that and that's it and it's yeah. not um and i think people really enjoy that now don't they and like the the reason there's restaurants that say that they sell street food which doesn't make any sense no um but it's because it's such a popular thing and Maybe people aren't so into the fancy restaurant thing at the moment. I think it yeah. comes in ways yeah. because sometimes, you know, I have used to work in a restaurant where okay. it was all small plates and everything yeah. was like beautifully arranged. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just remember seeing the chef like really angry in the back room trying to make this like, um, compressed gas thing uh, that yeah. um, sprays like,
1: yes, you know, yeah, yeah. milk
0: foam or yeah. something around the edge of the plate. And I was like, you know, it's most of what that's for, it's pretty flavourless. Yeah, so it's it's just for the look of it, Yeah, and I'm not sure that that's better than street food really, you know, it's not, it's just as flavoursome and and it's just far less fussy, and to use your term, yeah, Yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah, I think probably street food at the moment is probably almost like what tapas was, I don't know, 10 years, you know, there was a big kind of like, everyone wanted tapas, so it was great, but street food is definitely kind of... um, I don't know, I think people like that flexibility, don't they, that they, you, you don't have to book a table at 7.30, you can just, you know, be out in town, think actually, shall we just grab something, it's just far more relaxed, um, yeah, just, that's probably more my, more my thing, and you get to try some, I went to the um, Abacabeni Food Festival about a month ago, and um, what did I try, um, Venezuelan food, right. you know, I'd never had that before, but there's this... Amazing guy with a big hat and a massive smile. Um, and <laughs> um, You know, I just said to him, I have no idea what any of these things are. I was, he's like, what do you recommend? He said, oh, I like this one. So I said, oh, I'll have that one then. And it's just a great opportunity to try lots of small things.
0: So what is, what is Venezuelan food? What's the uh, general <laughs> it, feeling of
1: it? It was, it was very simple, very fuss-free. It was kind of like, almost like, you know, the texture of a bao bun, um, kind of almost like a pita shape. And it was stuffed with um, almost like shredded chicken and kind of, you know, a few vegetables, avocado. There was, it was kind of, yeah, lots of chilli sauce. It was, it was packed to punch and it was tasty. Um, but I was just curious. I kind of had no idea what I was letting myself in for. But yeah, it was, it was an interesting try. Yeah. Um, but when you go to those places like the festivals where there's, you know, 50 odd different stands to go to. The challenge is to, you know, what you pick? But I suppose like, when I did my travelling, I went to India and I was vegetarian um, for three months on purpose just because I just felt that was the right thing to do um, back then. So, to be fair, I and mean, then I've travelled kind of, yeah, over to the Bahamas. I travel a lot in the States, but you know, <laughs> no kind of great shocks over there with what you're eating yeah um, i just imagine
0: massive burgers and yeah there was a lot of, I was barbecue i guess yeah yeah was
1: really this good. was a long time ago um um what are they called um sloppy joes i can remember staying with an american family we had sloppy joes which is basically kind of like mince meat in a roll
0: so yeah, is there any way that you'd like to travel to find some more inspiration for recipes
1: I would love to do a kind of, I would love to go back to the part of Italy where my grandparents kind of, you know, grew up. Yeah. I think there's a real part of me that wants to go back to Calabria, or not go back to, to go there. Um, it just feels like it would be a cool trip to do. Yeah.
0: Um, What's like a traditional recipe for that reason?
1: I don't know, which is why I need to go. As an educational yeah, trip. Okay. An educational trip. And... I mean I I do enjoy watching cookery programmes and I I can kind of see it in the chef's eyes when they're kind of like there's a Jamie Oliver one I'm watching at the moment. See when they go to a place and they can they're kind of, you know, they're in the markets, they're seeing the new ingredients. You can see the inspiration coming in their brains while they're there and their eyes are lighting up. And I think there's something about going well, there's something about travelling anyway that I think breathes new life into you that I love. Um, but I think if you were going specifically to go and look at the food and go to the markets, um, watching a guy on Instagram at the moment, he's over in Gaza, and just watching with the fresh sumac and all the kind of beautiful markets. and.
0: What's the sumac?
1: Um, it's like a little um, sour berry. Yeah. That We get it dried over here. Um, it's used in a lot of Middle Eastern cooking. Um, but he was kind of, you know, it's amazing. I've never seen it fresh before. And I don't know, there's something nice about it. Even when we go to France on holiday, um, mostly before the kids, I used to love going to the markets and seeing, you know, what cheeses they had and, you know, what vegetables are in season. And I suppose that's part of the reason I've got an allotment. So that's part of the reason that I like to grow my own as well, mm. because it's nice to be kind of part of the seasons and using what's, you know, what's about at the time and being almost directed by what you're growing or what you've got a glut of.
0: Yeah, I mean, with, yeah, the way people are living more um, sustainably you know, environmental and environmentally consciousness about things mm. there is a definite like the seasonal thing is coming back isn't it like people yeah. are less inclined to buy you know strawberries in december because yeah they have to have been like grown in unnatural um circumstances or yeah. imported from the outside of the world that kind of thing and it
1: impacts a favor you know yeah. when you're eating something truly in season it's, it's gonna be at its best and at its peak and you know, it's gonna be the juiciest, tastiest, it's gonna be the best time to eat it. But I suppose that's the world that we've become accustomed to is that we can get anything at any time. And um, you know, that's not always the tastiest way to eat and it's not always best for the environment in, in general. So I think we are going back to that, you know? Um, eating kind of, you know, this is kind of game season at the moment, so eating more kind of, you know, wild meats. We're um, just generally eating less meat, which is something you know, we do eat meat, but we eat less of it. Yeah. You know, we don't eat it as much as we used to. We eat more vegetarian nights and have meat free days, which is, you know, on a more health, health level and environmental level, it kind of is good. I'm continuing to do some recipes for the National Association of Cider Makers. So we're kind of Going to be showcasing different styles of cider Um, and in the past i've cooked recipes with the cider in it and we're going to have a little change and um, we're going to cook dishes which opens it up more that just go with certain styles of cider so that'd be fun Um, and what i do for that is I, i write the recipe but i also film videos myself as well here in the kitchen so i would kind of rig everything up and kind of just have my hands doing the cooking so um, yeah. I enjoy doing that. That's one of the, one of the things I really like doing. And
0: how can we find that? What's the uh, social media?
1: Um, so if you go to cideruk.com forward slash recipes, yeah. you'll find all my recipes on this um, National Association Cider Makers website. Cool. All, all my stuff, including kind of social media feeds, all the videos I've ever done, even the ones right at the beginning that weren't too great, <laughs> are on my website, which is fussfreefoodie.com. Cool. Um, so all my stuff's on there. Um, so, yeah, um, more stuff coming up with at schools. Um, I'm also planning um, some demos at the Royal Bath and West show for next May. Um, so, that's exciting. Um, also, kind of being a bit of a sounding board for them on, you know, they used to have demos at the show a long time ago and they're just reintroducing them. Um, so, I shall be um, just helping them. Kind of get chefs and kind of set that up as well, which is which is exciting. Cool, yeah. It's kind of new, um, and also at the show, I tend to. Last year, I did some judging cheese for the cheese awards, which is exciting. That's like a fun <laughs> job. That's a fun job, yeah. and um, and normally um, in the new year, I get to do the um, pie awards as well. So I go and taste pies for a day up in Melton yeah. Mowbray. <laughs> so these are the things that um, you know. They're not necessarily the paid work, but they are great fun. I was going to say,
0: I quite like to be a pie judge. That sounds like a good, pie judge, a good day out.
1: It's a great day out. Yeah. And, you know, it's steeped in tradition. Um, last year was kind of quite astounding because um, a vegan pie won okay. um, for the first controversial. time. Uh, very controversial. And what class was I on? Vegan class. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was, um, yeah, quite kind of... Yeah, it's, it's nice because you get to meet foodie people mm. um, and, you know, you get to eat pie all day. Yeah. So don't look at another pie for the rest of the year, but yeah. it, it's a good day. And then just locally getting involved, um, you know, with charities that I support, I suppose. Um, like I said last week, Fair Share Southwest doing a bit of work there, kind of bringing food and cooking and food education to maybe areas of Bristol that maybe aren't able to put on clubs for children for cooking mm. um, and getting involved in that. Um, I'm pretty open-minded if it kind of feels right and it's it's um, a good project or it's exciting or it's interesting or it's new. Um, yeah, I'm kind of always willing to kind of see what see what's going on and um, I've done this with the pasta machine in, in one of my classes before and it takes a while to get around every child to put their pasta through the pasta machine Yeah,
0: because that looks quite
1: fiddly. it is quite fiddly and you know you, you kind of I've shortened the pasta so that it that it can you know I can do it in one short length but sometimes you can be like stretching out you know getting on for a you know, three quarters of a meter's worth of pasta and it's quite hard to turn and then hold it at the same time yeah. and pull it out from the machine. So I tend to work in kind of smaller pieces. This is the complete, you know, faff. Faff way of doing it. Not fuss-free at all. But um, it's quite good fun. It's quite therapeutic. Yeah. You've got a bit of time and um, you want to do something a bit different and a bit special. It's, um, it's a nice way to lose yourself and kind of... Switch off a little bit and relax. For some people, they'd find it horrendously stressful and hate it. But you know, I've got friends that cook just for relaxation and you know, peace and yeah. enjoyment. And you know, that's nice when you can get to that point that that's what food is for you. Hmm. And you get to eat something nice at the end, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So um, yeah. So- Good luck with the future of the Fast Food Foodie. Thank you. Watch out for some new recipes on your social media.
1: Yeah, that'd Uh, be great. And thanks a lot for talking to me. My pleasure. Thanks for coming over.